3: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we
3: got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill.
1: 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now.
2: Presented by points back Canada and Montana's it's the Friday edition, at least morning take Nick Alberga with you. As you can see, no J Rosehill. Uh, he's on location this week. No, just today. He's, uh, he's in sin city with his buddies as we've referenced all weekend long and all week long. So certainly looking forward to an update coming up on Monday, but don't fret. Rosie did grace me with a three hits with Rosie that he recorded before the game last night. So if you're expecting analysis on that victory against Winnipeg, you're not going to get it. But, uh, he got rather philosoph- philosophical and, uh, you know, very deep when it came to the second half of this Leafs team and 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 what they're looking like moving forward and how we're in the dog days of the season. So three hits with Rosie's coming up in about five minutes from now. Also, we're about forty-four days away from the NHL trade deadline. So the conversation, without question, will pick up. All-Star weekends a couple weeks away, and then in the stretch drive into March third, the NHL trade deadline. With that in mind, things are getting serious to help break that down. I've invited the NHL insider of all NHL insiders, Frank Cervelli. He'll drop by in about 10 minutes or so. From what I understand, Frank's dropping a new trade targets board on today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live, directly following this show. So make sure you check that out because shit's about to hit the fan, in my opinion. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And don't forget to visit LeafsNation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below. If you just want to talk, tell me what you're up to this weekend. Go ahead in the chat down below, and I'll get to those a bit later on. But for now, we're going to get over the boards. Was that an impressive victory or what? A 4-1 win for the Leafs? I'll be quite honest. I was expecting to, you know, maybe a bit of a... A tough night for the Leafs. I thought the stars were aligning for the Winnipeg Jets to find their game after laying an egg in Montreal on Tuesday, but I was dead wrong. And Elias Samsonov, of course, is a big reason why. But the Leafs came to play and uh, sweeping away the two-game season series here with the Winnipeg Jets, winning both games 4-1. The first one on October 22nd in Winnipeg. Now this one, 4-1 last night. Um, what really stood out for me is their dominance in the second period. You see it there on your screen. Second period studs. They're plus 26 in the second period this season, which I think is epic. If only they could translate that over to the first and the third period, then they'd be feeling great. But I think, obviously, it correlates directly with their record. When you give them the lead, you're in trouble, and then they sort of take over in the second period. That's been a theme. And it was a theme in last night's game where they scored three goals to open up a 3-0 lead against Winnipeg, and the Jets are playing catch-up all night long after I thought they dominated the first period. After the first, I'm like, well... This might not be Toronto's night, but uh, full credit to them because they came out guns a-blazing in the second. And it started with Poppy. Uh, Austin Matthews, two more goals, now five in his last four outings. I don't know about you out there, but he just looks like a completely different player since missing those two games last week in the back-to-back. He looks rejuvenated. He looks refreshed. Uh, You know, the bounce is there. He was named an all-star last night. Everything's trending upwards for Austin Matthews. I know he's far behind. Connor mcdavid but never say never mcdavid's got 39 goals after his goal last night against tampa but uh, i really really noticed matthews again that's the third straight game dating back to boston game the florida game and now the one last night against winnipeg and he's really really starting to cook i think of note too that's his first two goal outings since november 5th uh, it's been a long time coming and i think we're all waiting for that eruption from matthews and i think we have met the match when it comes to that conversation. Of course, Toronto's got Montreal coming up tomorrow night. Uh, I, the Habs always play Toronto tough, regardless of who's out of that lineup. They're really, really banged up right now. But I think it could be time for Matthews to do his thing here and get back involved in that that conversation for the Rocker Rashard. But at any rate, I think he's been really, really strong since coming back. And how about that shot block? like? You don't believe that this team has bought in significantly more than they have in, in recent seasons. Just look at the game last night the shot block there late from Austin Matthews. I just think proven a point. And uh, Rosie and I have been talking about it all week. Just the buy-in with this team and how professional they've been and standing up for each other. Bunting did it earlier this week. There just seems to be more team unity than we've seen in years past. But again... Maybe we're a victim of trying to create narratives to think this year is going to be any different for this Leaf squad. But I, I'm going to piggyback off that because I do like what I've seen from this team in terms of standing up for each other, blocking shots. You know, the heavy type plays that not necessarily you want to do, but are necessary to do if you want to win hockey games, specifically in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I was thoroughly impressed with Austin Matthews last night. Speaking of which, I think it is time to give Elias Sampson off some runway. Potentially as a number one goalie yet. You know, number one, the record speaks for itself. Now, 12-0-1 on home ice. Um, I, I crunch some numbers. Five of the next six for the Maple Leafs at Scotiabank Arena. So there, there's your reasoning, I think, if you're Sheldon Keefe and company. Well, the guy's impeccable. He's 12-0-1 at Scotiabank Arena, and this is why we're running with him. Number two, I just think he's grossly outplayed Matt Murray since, like, the holiday break. So I think if you want to go with your guy who gives you the best opportunity to win games, I think it's Elias Samsonov who I would lean with. And obviously... Uh, When you have a back-to-back scenario, you sprinkle in some Matt Murray. But I think some practice time can do nobody harm. And I think that's what Matt Murray needs right now. And and Samsonov, 11 for 11 the other night. 37 stops last night. Just surrenders the one and a five on three. I I think this is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Michael Bunting, two assists. And, of course, Mitch Marner, what a beauty. Shorthanded there in the second period. Extends his home point streak to 20 games. So, He gets a 23-game point streak earlier on this season, now a 20-game home point streak. This guy's had an epic season. I love just sitting back and enjoying the greatness. Like, he really is setting records this season, literally is, too. And uh, it's been really, really impressive to watch. So, like, that was one of the more impressive feels I've had following a Leafs game this season, where I was like, ah, it's a tough opponent. They already beat Winnipeg earlier this season. They're coming off the high of a come from behind victory against Florida. Everything was trending in Winnipeg's direction. And the Leaf said, nah, I don't think so. Spearheaded, of course, by Samsonov and Austin Matthews. So, as mentioned, Jay Rosehill had some thoughts. It was pre to the game yesterday. So, you won't hear any remarks on the Winnipeg Toronto game. But nonetheless, here's another edition of Three Hits with Rosie. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, welcome back to a quick three hits with Rosie here. I'm starting off just talking about the situation the Maple Leafs are in at this point in time. I think we talked about it yesterday being the dog days of the season right now. I mean, everyone, especially living up in Canada or in the cold regions of of the world, you know, they hit those dog days of the winter. That's that January, February the holidays are behind you. You've kind of got not much look to look forward to except the springtime. In the NHL players' case, maybe the all-star break, you get a little bit of a, of a breather in the schedule. But that's still weeks and weeks off. And I think we're finding ourselves right now kind of with a little bit of inconsistency. Some of the play we haven't really seen, you know, in the first few months of the season, especially where we were just rock solid banging off wins. And we've dropped a couple here in the last three weeks. But I think it's important to get our feet back under us, get our goaltenders going. It's odd because when this stretch is happening, we're actually quite healthy right now as a team. You know, a few guys are here and there, Nick Roberts and that type of thing, but it's not like it was there during November, December, where, you know, our whole decor is just completely decimated. And there's really no reason I can think of it happening other than it being just those dog days of the season where, you know, the, the beginning of the season, you've kind of established yourself is kind of behind you. The playoffs are what you're looking forward to. That's still a ways away. You want to get to all-star break where you get that break and it's kind of that wheel spinning time of year and I think they need to to, you know address it take care of it and start getting a little run together you know you're noticing a guy like Austin Matthews starting to heat up and we need that to continue on into this weekend speaking of which we got the Montreal Canadiens coming up it's the Saturday night hockey game hockey night in Canada this is the premier game for Toronto Maple Leafs fans for people out in in the east where this Rivalry is as old as the game itself as old as the league itself and that's indicative in the fact that they start every season by playing each other that didn't go the Leafs way it was the first game of the season back in October I consider that whitewash at this point but the Toronto Maple Leafs right now in this era is it's their time to shine they are one of the premier teams in the NHL. The Montreal Canadiens are certainly not. They're a young team. They're they're building. They're getting their legs under them. But it needs to be a statement game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're coming into your house. You need to smash them. Make a statement that this is our time. You're not even in the conversation right now, Montreal. And I would like the Toronto Maple Leafs to, you know, put an exclamation point on that fact by running them out of the building and really showing their dominance here on Saturday. That's what we need to see. And it would be a good time to do it right now after the, the last few weeks of play. Number three, quickly, I just want to talk off topic a little bit about, you know, there's some some awareness of the net in the NHL keeps coming off the moorings, you know, when goalies are just sliding side to side playing butterfly, and it's really odd, and it continues to happen. It happened to Matt Murray earlier in the season, and he was getting a lot of flack for it, the point where they're, you know, almost penalizing him for it, and it's just something that shouldn't happen. Goalies have been playing side to side butterfly style hockey, they use it as a bit of a stop, for years now and it just seems like this year especially the nets keep popping off the moorings and there's nothing more you know frustrating for a fan or for a team as when you're in the offensive zone and you're peppering their goalie and you're going back door and the goalie slides and pop off goes the net whistle goes it's like are you kidding me we're trying to play hockey here and i think the nhl needs to address this it's not rocket science you got a peg in the ice and it goes up the hollow side of the point and needs to keep it on I mean, I realize you can't just have it fastened in there completely, or it's a safety issue when guys fly into the net. Defensemen ride a guy into the net. Uh, the goalie gets pushed into the net. You need that thing to come off and not be, a, you know, like running into a brick wall. It's going to cause injuries. But there's got to be a happy middle ground somewhere in there where you can get that sorted out, where a goalie can play his position, slide post to post, and it still comes out. And if that means, you know, stiffening things up a little bit, I think that's what you need to do because it's bad for the game when that momentum just gets sucked out of the game when it's going whistle after whistle nets coming off all the time and some barns are different than others but there needs to be a standardized version that that actually works for the game
2: i love that jay rosehill bringing the heat and of course he's down in sin city this weekend can't wait for the stories coming up next week the following segment is brought to you by montana's montana's is bringing back the viewing party with daily deals in 2023, earlier this week, they unveiled their new comfort menu. On top of that, it's Friday, which means tons of fantastic drink deals. I know where I'm headed tonight. And speaking of which, I want to know where some marquee names in the NHL could be headed between now and the March 3rd trade deadline. So to help with that, uh, who better to have on than the one and only Frank Cervelli. What's going on, Frank?
3: There he is. How you doing, Nick?
2: Hey, there you are. I'm good, how are you bud? Uh, So sources tell me you're dropping a new trade targets list on Daily Faceoff Live today. What can we expect from that, Frank?
3: Well, that is a good scoop. Uh, The list is being (laughs) expanded from 25 to 30 names. That means if you're doing the math at home, there's five names. And so what you can expect is that Bo Horvat remains unshockingly in the number one spot. He's been there all season long. I believe trade talks are intensifying on that front. A number of teams have checked in with the Vancouver Canucks in recent days since Jim Rutherford's press conference on Monday in which he basically spelled out for everyone that Horvat is probably no longer going to be a member of the Vancouver Canucks. And so uh, those teams that are involved at this point, I believe, include but are not limited to the Boston Bruins, Minnesota Wild, Carolina Hurricanes, who could see a change now with the potential of Max Pacioretty uh, out for the season. We're still waiting on word for that. I think he's due to get an MRI today, but every indication to this point is that he may have retorn his Achilles, which is terrible news for him and tough news for the Canes. Um, So I mentioned Boston, Carolina, Minnesota. I think the Detroit Red Wings are also in that group, and I know I'm missing one. I just – it's off the top of my head. Seattle.
2: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
3: Come to me. Oh, that's the Seattle Kraken. Yep.
2: How about the Leafs? Do you think they get involved on Horvat, or is it too rich of a price?
3: I think it's too rich of a price. And I also don't know how much it really makes sense. Like, where would you slot him? How much does that eat into whatever John Tavares is doing? I guess you could move one of them to the wing, but if the Leafs are going to go down the forward path, I, to me, it's kind of the second line left wing spot that you'd probably be looking at. Someone that has some versatility that could play center if you really needed to and, and got into an injury issue. But I still think this team's focus is on the back end. and And actually one of the names that I included on my list that I believe the Maple Leafs have inquired about is Jake McCabe. He was the biggest riser from uh, the last list that I did two weeks ago. He was in the number 20 slot all the way up to number seven. Uh, The Blackhawks have received a number of calls from him. He has a seven-team no-trade list. Uh, The other teams that have called include Edmonton and the Los Angeles Kings. Um, here's the thing with McCabe his seven team, no trade list. You say, well, why seven teams? It probably includes all seven Canadian teams for the American born defenseman. But I'm told that the Maple Leafs are one team that are not part of that list. It's the other six Canadian teams. So interestingly enough, I think they've had some interest in him, uh, going back a ways. And here's where it gets, this is what I outlined in the piece, Nick. Here's where it really gets interesting from a Toronto perspective. What if you can entice the Chicago Blackhawks who have tons of cap space to retain half on Jake McCabe and get him at $2 million a year for each of the next two years? He's probably already playing at a $4 million level right now. Yes, there's risk and injury history. There's risk with any player, but at $2 million a year, that gives you some serious cost certainty at a time when the Leafs really need it on their back end.
2: Oh, without question, Frank, and certainly in this cap world, like you can, you, you need to grab that cap and that that luxury any, anywhere you can find it. And certainly, I mean, you're an insider. Uh, how quiet has it been, uh, you know, behind the scenes? Because that's my biggest question. You know, I love NHL trades, but in this in, in, in this cap era, and the fact that every contender, a team who thinks they have a legit shot this this year, just has no cap space, right?
3: I actually think it's heated up in a pretty big way this week. Um, This Horvat talk I think has been a big generator of that. And I also think here's the other part of it. We're six weeks today from deadline day. Pro scouting and amateur scouting meetings are wrapping up. Most teams have already done them. The Leafs were in the first week of January. They actually did them here in Philadelphia. Um, So they have their marching orders. They have an idea of the names that are on their list, their positional needs and who they'd like to target. Now it's about going out and executing, and I, I think the Leafs have taken a really patient approach to this point, and that makes sense. Um, what you need today may not be what you need in six weeks, especially the way this season has gone with injuries. So I think that makes sense to take your time. Uh, I think they're surveying everything, and um, but I do think as a whole, um, the market has definitely, there's a lot of increased chatter in the last three to four days.
2: I love to hear that as somebody, again, who loves trades. Uh, to the best of your knowledge, is Matthew Nye's an untouchable or could he end up being Toronto's like big deadline addition? Uh,
3: not an untouchable. Um, I think someone that the Leafs clearly value, but I believe in the right deal is available. And I think you'd have to include just about anyone in terms of futures if you're the leafs at this point this is a burn the boats type year Uh, they need to make hay in the playoffs Uh, it's not just win one round with this team and how good they've been in the regular season the last few years they need to do more than that Um, and so i don't think you're leaving first round picks or uh, a prospect like Matthew Nyes, who I think there are question marks about and and maybe if the Leafs could go back and have some revisionist history and and redo last year's deadline, maybe they include him and and take a bigger swing with with some of the pieces that they they did trade for um because I think he's maybe viewed a little bit as less of a top prospect than he was one year ago, and so that's not a knock on the player it's just that look guys take different paths of development and who I think they were a little bit, uh, hesitant or had some trepidation Mm. to move him. And I think this time around, uh, probably wouldn't be as big of a deal.
2: Yeah. And I think to that point too, we have to be careful in this market. It happened with Nick Robertson where the media hypes it up, hypes it up. And then the player gets to the league and there's just so much pressure to perform. And if I think you, you're crazy, I think, if you think a guy from college is going to come in and 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 be a bona fide stud right away in your top six as you try to win a Stanley Cup. I just think it's unrealistic of an expectation. Um, Timo Meyer with the San Jose Sharks is always a name that's fascinated me. What what can you tell us about Meyer? What's the likelihood he gets dealt, and could he be a possibility for the Maple Leafs?
3: Uh, it's, it's a very high likelihood that he goes. Um, I don't think the Sharks are making much of a push to sign him. I think they got themselves into a lot of trouble last year when they went to the deadline. They didn't have a GM in place. Their acting GM, Joe Will, ended up signing Tomas Hurdle to that eight-year deal that I think is – you know, you haven't won with these guys. Why are you afraid to lose them? And that's, I think, the big concern now for the Sharks is how do we jumpstart our rebuild process? How do we begin to tear this down? And one of the easiest ways to maximize value is Timo Meyer. But here's the thing with Meyer: is his contract is complicated because at the end of this season, he's due a $10 million qualifying offer. And we saw... The blueprint of what that looks like from Alex debrinkit going from Chicago to Ottawa last year at the draft. It was on draft day itself. They got the number seven overall pick, the number 39, which was also a second round pick and uh, a, a third round pick as well. So a first, second and third. But here's the main difference. Uh, there's actually a couple that I believe illustrates why Timo Meyer, as good a player as he is, is going to bring back less than debrinkit One is by the sheer nature of whatever team you're trading with in contender mode, that first round pick is going to be in the 20s, not seven overall. So you're already dealing back from that standpoint. And then two, with the Brinkett, you at least had one more season of him at a relatively reasonable $6.4 million, whereas at the end of this, Meyer is an RFA and has some significant control and leverage. And he's also a few years older than Alex Dabrinkit. So I think all those things factored in, teams are going to point to that and say, hey, this might be a really reasonable acquisition cost, provided that we can afford to sign this player long term. It's going to depress the return for San Jose, but it's pretty good for any team that might be trying to get a guy who's going to hit 40 goals quite clearly for the first time in his career.
2: So Horvat, O'Reilly, Teresanko, Chikrin, Meyer, some of the bigger names. Uh in your opinion, I'll put you on the spot. Who moves first? Horvat.
3: Uh, I think there's a real chance Horvat is traded before the All-Star Break.
2: And so those five teams you mentioned. Okay, Frank, we'll uh we'll look forward to daily face off live. We'll have that expanded list. And uh thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Anytime. That is uh Frank Cervelli. What an absolute beauty and and yeah, make sure to check out Daily Face Off Live, which is directly following this show um, starting at 12 Eastern time. Frank and Tyler and others do just a tremendous job. And for somebody who loves hockey and has the passion the way I do, and I know a lot of you listening and watching, same thing. I love trades, man. They get my my blood flowing, my juices flowing. It doesn't have to be a Leaf trade. I love it. And who better to talk to than an NHL insider who gave us some fantastic stuff namely the stuff on on Jake McCabe. So I'm very, very intrigued to see where that goes with the Maple Leafs conversation. And lots percolating, as Frank alluded to, the last uh, week or so since Vancouver came out and said pretty much, we'll trade everybody. We're up against it. We want to make some moves here. So look out for that. Make sure to subscribe to the Nation Network YouTube page, also the Leafs Nation Twitter, at TLNDC Instagram and Facebook accounts. Lots of great prizes. Giveaways are coming your way later this month also uh this year in general in 2023 via our new friends over at montana's the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at points bet canada yeah not to uh not to pump my own jets but uh kit's feeling great this week he is uh three for four so far yes i am talking in third person i had the austin matthews anytime goal and he scores twice at minus 120 yesterday so i'm gonna I'm going to hope I end off on a hot hand this week, but I want to put Rosie under the gun next week. He hasn't made a pick or a selection in a couple weeks. So uh, even if I am hot, I'm going to go to Rosie at some point in time next week. And hopefully he runs off a string. I just keep doing these things and keeps winning. So he's got to live up to the billing of this show and our hot picks. So for tonight's action, there are just two games. Uh, I like an over. I'm looking at the Vancouver, Colorado over six and a half. You see on your screen last I looked minus 131. Number one, Vancouver has participated in six straight overs. They're a tire fire defensively. They stink. Colorado has 17 goals in the last three games. I just seriously see this one being a high-scoring affair. Just everything trends in that direction. And, of course, every time I say that, it's going to be like a 2-1 game. I just don't see it. I really don't. So I'm uh, going to lay a couple units probably on the over in that game between the Vancouver Canucks and the Colorado Avalanche. One of two in the NHL. I actually like the over in the other game, too, with Pittsburgh and the Ottawa Senators. So there's my play, or plays, I guess, uh, of the day as we look forward to another weekend here for the Maple Leafs. And I don't know about you, I always look forward to when the Leafs play the Montreal Canadiens. And I want a bit of revenge. If you remember back to the first game of the season, everybody feeling good about the Leafs, and they didn't lay an egg, but Montreal got the better of them. And it just seems like anytime these two storied rivals get together... It really doesn't matter who's on the rosters, where they're situated in the standings, they always get the best of each other and play their best. And I fully expect that from Montreal. I think you'd even look at the Montreal puck line. Like I don't I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the, the Leafs find a way to get the job done and exact a bit of revenge from the first outing this season. This is the second of four matchups. Uh, and we'll see that a lot in the second half of the season, by the way. A lot of games ahead against uh, the Montreal Canadiens, the Ottawa Senators, the Buffalo Sabres. It's so weird sometimes when you look at the schedule. You're like, well, they played like 42 games, but they barely played their division. It seems the way, at least. And I think um, it's going to start to correct itself over the next little while. We're going to see a lot of Montreal, a lot of the Ottawa Senators. They've done a lot of their traveling here in the first half of the season. So looking forward to that and creating even more separation, right? Uh, the Florida Panthers, a big win in Montreal last night, a fight filled affair we knew Paul Maurice was heated on Tuesday. could only wonder what he had to say on Thursday. And of course he took the fine as we all projected and expected following that game against the Leafs where the officiating was subpar at best. And I think that continued into the out- outing last night against the Montreal Canadiens. So looking forward to that one against the Habs on Saturday night at the bell center, nothing rivals that the Chien show, the, uh, the hot dogs, team A at Bell Center are just the best in the league, in my opinion. I know this. I was born in Montreal, if you can believe that. Uh, I've been to the Bell Center a multitude of times. Their pressed food is uncanny, and I know they're just hot dogs, but they're just the world's best hot dogs, in my opinion. And uh, congratulations as well to Austin Matthews. I guess he'll be joining me at All-Star Weekend in Sunrise in a couple weeks. He was among final 12 players voted uh, for the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend. I hope there's a chance Willie Nylander still goes and that'll have to come in the form of a player injury. Uh, My best guess is that Alex Ovechkin's not going to go because he never goes to the All-Star game. So maybe there's the opportunity, the sliver of hope that Willie Nylander needs to get into the All-Star game. But I I can't say I'm crazy about the current format. And and taking nothing away from teams like Chicago, like Seth Jones is their All-Star. They've been an, an abomination this season. Like There's a couple teams where you're like, ah, and you see there on your screen, like a lot of those guys are deserving. But then there's a couple teams where you're like, do you truly deserve uh, an All-Star? Arizona's another perfect example. I know they've had a decent year. Philadelphia, too. I would just like to see the, the top players, period, in the world. I don't care where they're from at All-Star weekend. And Nylander's had an impeccable season. And right now on the outside, looking in when it comes to the All-Star game in Sunrise. So uh, maybe that does happen and come to fruition in the next couple weeks. All-Star weekend slated for February 2nd to 4th um, in Sunrise. uh, Well, yeah, in Sunrise before Lauderdale is where most people are staying, where everybody's going to be staying. And heard Fanfare is going to be at the beach, which should be a lot of fun. By the way, I will take this show on the road for the Thursday and Friday, I believe February 2nd and 3rd. I'll be at Fanfare broadcasting the show. So perhaps I'll have the beach behind me, maybe a daiquiri in hand, and we'll talk some Maple Leafs hockey um, at the All-Star break. But for now, I'm going to bid you farewell um, just catching up on the chat quickly, Tim writes in, can we see Horvat to the New York Rangers for Lafreniere? I think it's going to cost a bit more than that, but certainly it's a good, good idea. Um, certainly the, the, you know, Rutherford has been linked to Lafreniere for a while now. And I just don't know if the New York Rangers are truly looking to trade Lafreniere, um, yet, because again, this is a highly touted prospect, um, Austin Matthews has realized not to to run full speed at all times. I'm expecting a ramp up to play by the time in general, uh, Austin in particular. I think you're bang on with that assessment as well, Tim. And I've noticed that. I said that off the top of the show. Different Matthews the last couple games. And if you need to give him a couple games off every now and again, then I think you do so. He's got that pep back in his step. And I know he's like, what, 15 goals behind Connor McDavid. Just never say never when it comes to Austin Matthews. And scoring goals, and I just think that'd bring great theater to the Rocket Richard. Although we sit here on January twentieth, and Connor McDavid is eleven goals away from fifty on the campaign. So we'll leave it at that. Many thanks to Jay Rosehill and Frank Cervelli. Again, make sure to check out Daily Faceoff live in about thirty minutes from now. A new extended trade bait board and trade list board is coming your way as I bid you farewell for another week of Leafs Morning Take. Take care.